Subscribe to this show through the Substack link at truthjihad.com. Welcome to Truth Jihad Radio. Kevin Barrett looking for truth since 2006 on the internet airwaves. And I try to find the best folks from all over the world who have something important to say. And right now, one of my favorites, uh, Eric Beeth from Belgium. Eric is a medical doctor in Brussels, and he's been involved in the 9-11 truth movement and all sorts of other important things. And uh, now he's right in the middle of this crazy storm around the issue of COVID and everything associated with that. So I did talk to him a while back, and now we're going to get an update. Uh, So, hey, Eric, how's it going? Hello, Kevin. It's good to hear your voice uh, sitting there in in Wisconsin, uh, or where are you? Yes, I am in western Wisconsin, next to the Wisconsin wonderful. River. Very nice place. Oh, oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Um, thank you for calling. It is an important time for us doctors. Uh, it is an important time for us to... Uh, to sit back and reflect on our profession and our uh, original values and uh, also on our very most uh, uh, prime um, teachings that we received uh, from going way back, back to the Hippocratic Oath. Um, that we must be very careful that uh, our treatments do not do any harm and that we give our patients a very individualized care that means that we really, if we give them something, it is because we are uh, sincerely, uh, uh, each and one of us, uh, convinced that this is what this patient needs, as if we're treating our own family, our own, uh, our own parents, our own children. We must give the, our own patients the same uh, uh, high-level care. And uh, I'm quite concerned with what is happening at this moment. Uh, very concerned that the experimental injections that were proposed against the most likely uh, fabricated uh, SARS-2 coronavirus, uh, that uh, these are even being given to children. And you know that uh, we could absolutely not imagine doing a clinical study and giving a totally new product, genetic product, to children uh, the, the, everything about this new uh, system is new and it is falsely called a vaccine because it doesn't have anything that can actually um, be give it the definition of a vaccine. It's it's always it's new techniques in every way and it's very very new that we have such an incredible. Um, blacking out of information, of medical information, even uh, when people start reporting uh, bad effects of these vaccines or injections, uh, then they are not uh, getting heard. And uh, it is as if there's a 
there's a, a disappearing act of a lot of these reports. And uh, in our clinical practice, we are seeing strange uh, thrombosis-like or very um, diffuse uh, thrombosis-like symptoms in our patients that are worrisome. And uh, we don't know what this is going to give. It is. It hasn't been studied. And now, now uh, you, you say you're seeing those symptoms in the in vaccinated patients. In the vaccinated patients, yes. yes. I talk with uh, with uh, colleagues who are cardiologists. I talk with other specialists, and uh, I, I'm, I work uh, with my wife, who's also uh, a general practitioner. And we see these cases and they are worrisome. And you don't go out and you uh, report them all. Uh, it is, it is a, a known fact that less than 10% of true side effects of these types of injections get reported. And in actual fact, it's most likely about one percent that get reported in the VAR system. And already the VAR system has detected, uh, I don't know how it was in the United States, about six or seven thousand deaths. And actually, actually, it's, it's been kind of, uh, confusing because it was up to something like eleven or twelve thousand and then it suddenly got cut in half. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it, people, that's one of the problems is, is folks don't have much faith in the official statistics anymore. No, but you, you already, if you're getting in these types of values, it's, it's, it, the alarm bell should be ringing loud and clear that we must stop. Uh, we cannot continue with the uh, new experimental product in this way. Um, when we know so little about it and, uh, uh, and the, 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 the we are, at high risk of doing more harm than good, mm-hmm. uh, especially since we don't know the long-term effects. And certainly when we have no ideas, no generation, gener- generational studies have been done on animals to know what effect this will give on uh, future generations. So uh, anybody who is in the age of having children should Totally, totally avoid these experimental shots and um, uh, or discuss it with a, a serious doctor uh, who, who is really, they can trust that he is giving him the, the good advice. I would, what, what is happening is that uh, people are getting shots right, left and center from non-medical personnel. And they're in, they not in Walmart here in, in where I live. Yes. They're not being sent to do these shots, experimental medical shots. Uh, uh, they're not being sent by their doctor. And this has a, a reason, uh, that no, uh, no insurance company in their right mind, uh, would insure these experimental products. And of course, uh, a doctor is not insured. Uh, he, he should be insured for every medical act that he takes. But how can you insure 
uh, this type of act. We, I asked um, insurance here in Belgium if they're insuring me, and uh, they kind of brushed it away and say, "Well, the 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 doctor's order says you have to." Uh, vaccinate as much as possible of the population. So you must follow the orders of the, the of the of the government and of your um, your the board of uh, doctors, and they are saying that you must vaccinate as many people as possible. Uh, but nobody is insuring us, and so the the insurance companies are just blurting this out but they're not actually insuring us it is supposed to be that the government would insure the people who would have uh, serious side effects or death from these vaccines but uh, nobody knows if this government will ever be able to live up to that uh, responsibility so uh we're in a, we're in, as a doctor, you must be extremely careful if you're giving an experimental product that you have a, a correct type of insurance that is covering your act. And uh, I'm also concerned that the original tests that have been done uh, on people, uh, the original populations that were followed uh, in the very first test, the phase three tests, that were paid sam- um, sampling on on humans. Uh, it seems like the the, the, the placebo group in, in these groups are disappearing because they they decided to give these people placebo groups the privilege of being protected also. And so we no we wait, wait, have, wait which experiments were these? Well, the 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 original experiments that were done by Pfizer, Moderna whatever on um, on the populations to uh, to come to this conclusion that it was a 95 protected uh, effect well it was not 95 and it is not 95 and uh, uh, but also the placebo groups in these original phase three t- studies they've actually also been vaccinated many of them and so we don't really have the placebo and we don't have the information to say what is the true benefit of so these. So Eric, shots. when were the placebo but, people vaccinated? Obviously they weren't vaccinated right away or they wouldn't be the placebo group. So how long did, was it, when did they start getting vaccinated? I think it was about six or seven months later. I see. So they're right. Another strange thing about this is the complete lack of interest in any kind of long-term studies. That That is kind of a red flag, isn't it? And you need the placebo. I mean, here in Belgium, I think they've they've said that they're vaccinated just about 70% of the population. Well, where is the placebo group in there? I mean, we we should really uh, – this is a totally new technique we're working with. And uh, um, they're – they're pushing extremely hard to get everybody uh, vaccinated, including children. Uh, it's it's as a doctor uh, who who signed up to to follow his Hippocratic oath. It's 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 a time of um, 
of uh, deep reflection and trying to inform my colleagues that we must not be involved in this type of an action. Now, to be truthful, it, people don't consider this a medical action. Uh, the people consider this an administrative act- action, and they, um, the patients I have that are vaccinated, many of them have had the coronavirus infection, and they have a very robust immune system against the coronavirus, but they go ahead and get themselves vaccinated because they uh, don't want to be uh, bothered with all these papers when you travel and uh, doing tests uh, before all these things like that. Now, it's it's a, it's a it's a coercion of um, uh, trying to get people to take an experimental shot. Um, a very large population, and we do not know at all if it is good or bad for them. But it is not a medical act. This is a uh, when I look at it, um, unfortunately, it looks more like a criminal uh, operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Or possibly like an act of some form of germ warfare. And there are different hypotheses about how that might work. But we do know that I, I've been reading various books on biological warfare, and it was predicted decades ago that by by this point in history, there would be kind mm-hmm. of endemic bio wars going on. And one hypothesis about this, of course, is the Ron Unz hypothesis that it was a uh, Western bankster uh, neocon bioattack on China and Iran that blew back and got out of control. And it, other, there are other hypotheses that it might be bigger than that. It might be some form of bio-war on the entire world's population. And the, that raises issues like in biological warfare, traditionally, you don't use something unless you have an antidote or a vaccine for it. And so... Uh, the people I know who are aware of the depth of corruption in the higher levels of power in the world, actually, some yeah. of them have actually gotten the vaccine, Eric, because they uh, <clears throat> accept that the military folks that brought this out would have done a, re- a, a vaccine that at least, um, you know, puts makes you better off than, it, than if you get the disease. And if we think about it that way, uh, Despite the many, uh, you know, we hear in the alternative media all kinds of uh, concerns about how the vaccine itself might actually be the real weapon, and it could be sterilizing the population or worse. But I wonder if anybody, including yourself, has has considered the other possibility, which would be that in light of uh, there's a recent study, I think it might have been in the Lancet, that showed that people who've had COVID suffer cognitive deficits that amount to a seven or eight point IQ loss and that there are some pretty bad effects in the long term with COVID that it conceivably it could be standard germ warfare, which always makes sure that the disease is far worse than the vaccine. So it could be that both are very bad, but the disease could be worse. Uh, and that is what a number of people like Ron Unz, and both of my editors at, at v- Veterans Today, uh, Duff and Dean, and Ron Unz at the Unz Review, they assume that based on the statistics that we're seeing, that as bad as the vaccine is, the disease is going to kill about 100 times as many people. It's going to be, you know, you're, you're basically, your odds are 100 times better if, to get the vaccine than to get the disease. So I'm wondering about your thoughts on that. Well, I definitely don't think that that's correct. Uh, 
Um, the when you get the infection, and certainly young people get the infection, they do. They make a very robust immunity against it. Now we are having a higher mortality among this group who is getting vaccinated uh, in the youth. Uh, so something is 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 very severely wrong. And uh, could that be the uh, ADE reaction? I think it's uh, it's uh, it's small small thrombosis uh, uh, that's happening in their uh, in many different organs, including the brain. And you are right that it is not a very nice virus. It's a it's a it's a creepy and ugly and dangerous virus. It is a man-made virus, and it is coming from a standpoint that. Uh, it is a business plan of making people sick and then proposing a solution that you get rich on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a protection so, racket. It's a protection racket, I would say that. But there's something else involved in it, uh, uh, Kevin. I've never, ever seen such an incredible rise of people getting all their uh, identification papers in order so that everybody has an identification number linked up to their credit card or their bank numbers. And uh, uh, it's basically putting a uh, number on every person linked to their medical state. This has never been done before, and it is being done on a global scale, worldwide scale, uh, and if you think about it, it's probably mostly that that is the, uh, the, the, the thing behind this because once you get this pass, uh, put into place and you can, uh, cut off people's mobility by just uh, shutting down their pass, um, you have a pretty strong control over that person. And, uh, uh, I'm very, very concerned about this. This is, this is very serious. Doctors should not be going near this type of criminality. This is nothing, nothing, nothing to do with medicine. This is, uh, this is mafia racket. And, uh, the people that are installing this and the people who are, uh, uh protecting these criminals they must be identified and we must make sure these people never ever take any type of public uh, office in the future this is i'm very uh, emotional about this because uh, because we we really are standing at a breaking point of humanity and if we continue in this way of uh letting everybody become uh, some type of a qr number Instead of uh, uh, a free person who, who has control over his own body and his own life, then uh, then we have uh, we have failed as humanity. On the other hand, Kevin, this this crisis was coming. Okay, you have been part of this fight. Uh, when you got kicked out of your professorship at, at the university because you were fighting for something 
uh, that it would be good that uh, as a university person, you fight for the truth. And uh, uh, we have, we're grown up for 20 years with universities who sell lies, who uh, accept lies, who accept that certain things you just don't talk about. And we are raking in the consequences of that, of discussions that may not be had in academia because they are taboo uh, and uh, uh, rackets that must be protected. Okay. Uh, This is, this is, this is uh, a slow decadence of truth in our society. And because it's come to such a point of uh, absolute horror that we're seeing right now, uh, people are actually beginning to open their eyes and say, I actually don't want that type of society where you're not allowed to speak the truth, where you're not allowed to seek the truth, where you're not allowed to, to, to talk about the important things. And perhaps we could go back to a medicine that is not uh, only geared up to uh, innovation and helping the uh, the people behind Remdesivir or uh, these uh, Pfizer uh, products uh, that Pfizer put big signs on their houses now. Uh, uh, science will win, or uh, progress will win. Uh, this is a it's this right is out of George Orwell, isn't it? It's, it's a dictatorship of, of some kind of a innovation, but it's actually about their patents and about their profits. And it's nothing about health. Mm-hmm. These are criminal. And as a doctor, you shouldn't be prescribing medicines that are made by a criminal group. You should be very careful about who you are supporting in this world. That's and a great I point. I think you should... Yeah. Yeah, you should. We in in our everyday act, we are either um, pushing further towards this uh, Orwellian control society, or we are choosing uh, health freedom. And I think that uh, you know, Kevin, uh, I I I I. Took one of my patients, 98 year old patients to the hospital back in March 2020. And uh, I was worried about her state and I said, well, please at least make sure that she gets uh, 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 good levels of uh, zinc and, um, and vitamin C and said, Oh, doctor, we don't have vitamin. Uh, we don't have zinc here in this hospital. Okay. Um, this this is the state of uh, our medical system right now that the very most important simple things like zinc vitamin c vitamin d uh, the, the 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 physiological reaction of the body is neglected uh, and what is pushed is a, a different uh, uh molecules that are uh, innovative and that have uh, that have uh, they're so-called evidence-based because they have been published in uh, the Lancet or the new some some journal uh, with 
enormous money behind them to get themselves published. So this is this is the state that we're in, and doctors have have been uh, getting uh, the information from universities for 20 years that avoid the truth, that do not. Uh, universities of engineering have uh, have uh, just not wanted to look at what happened in New York on 9-11 because you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. There's a a taboo on on this. Well, there's a taboo taboo almost, it seems, on real, true physiological um, medicine uh, with the simple stuff, the most important stuff. And instead you get expensive medicines. And this is, this is, this is an enormous, you're talking about uh, that the vaccines would be 100% better. Uh, you can, you can go and look what's happening in India where people who come to vaccinate people, uh, they get stoned out, they get shoved out because, uh, people who were getting the vaccines were becoming very sick. And uh, they they were in some parts of India. Uh, they followed the rules of the uh, World Health Organizations to not give ivermectin. And in these regions, there was an incredible high rate of deaths uh, from the COVID. Uh, now, as soon as the uh, the high judge um, attacked this prohibition of using ivermectin, uh, the people uh, who had the disease were very quickly well-treated and uh, they had uh, more or less a disappearance of these high levels of deaths in India. So, yes, there is a remedy. You, We talked about that before. It was known that hydroxychloroquine was effective against um, against the coronavirus. Well, actually, the ivermectin is even more interesting and very uh, easy to use and very uh, low um, toxicity. So, yes, there there are treatments that are very interesting. Now, I don't want to say that everybody can be treated by only ivermectin. I think that everybody should look for a doctor who treats COVID well and who has good results in treating COVID. And you have to look at many different systems in the person who is um, who is in a bad state with COVID. You have to look at their coagulation. You have to look at their um, the, the, the strong inflammation in the body. And you have to look at many things. So I think that there's no one treatment that fits all for uh, treating a serious COVID treatment. There's, there's, uh, there's been a lot of excellent work done by, uh, Peter A. McCullough and Dr. Corey. Uh, these are people that, that we should really turn to for looking at how to treat, um, people with COVID. And we should look all of us to strengthen our immune system with high levels of vitamin D, with good levels of zinc and vitamin C, good sleep uh, to avoid getting badly sick. It's important if you catch COVID that you have a good uh, immune reaction in the beginning of the disease, that you're not too tired 
that you're not in too strongly in an oxidative state and uh, um because the 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 first moments how the body react, react is is very important and uh um this is uh this is this is one of the, the the important things to to just get get the disease. I think that people it's been like uh, covered up how excellent our body fights this because the people who have gotten the disease and have been quite sick with COVID they get a very robust immune system and they have high levels of neutralizing antibodies against the the virus. Uh, but the people who get uh, these shots, the, the more shots they get, the less neutralizing antibodies they have. And uh, uh, in the end, it, it seems that these these shots will not protect them more than six months. It's more like 15 to 20 years after after you've had a true infection that you'll be quite well protected. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so do you, do you think that the uh, views of, of people like uh, Gert Vandenbosch and Luc Montagnier, who are concerned that the vaccines are actually promoting a kind of vaccine-resistant and perhaps more virulent strain or many strains uh, that will ultimately always outrun the booster shots, do you think, uh, are they on the right track or not? It is, I, they are definitely on the right track that it is, it does it is not without consequence that you uh give vaccines during an evolving pandemic with uh, a very high viral pressure because you 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 push the virus to mutate a lot during that period of time most of the vaccines that we have are against known viruses that are quite stable uh and uh, these these vaccines actually work this what we have now is not a vaccine i i, I must say that again it is not a vaccine uh and uh, by the way i'm sorry i'm going to deviate my phone just a second uh how do i do that just a second uh, i don't uh, even know what deviating a phone means i, I don't have a cell phone <laughs> myself <laughs> okay right. um okay sorry about that um there we go. Should work. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Uh, um, so to get back to uh, Vanden Bush, you should be very careful not to be vaccinating under high uh, viral pressure under in in the situation of a uh, uh, of an evolving new viral disease because you are then pushing for new variants and we know that for example the delta variant uh the 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 current shots are only something like 39% effective in uh, uh protecting them but only for like the first 6 months and after that you're actually more susceptible to catch a serious form of the disease because of what we call the antibody-dependent enhancement, where you have the antibodies and you get the virus, and the, your body has uh, gotten used to having these high levels of antibodies in the body, and so they actually invite the virus into your immune cells on a much uh, higher rate and, 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 and speed that you get uh, a more severe initial infection that can uh, turn bad and cause very uh, 
uh, strong inflammation in a short period of time. Now, is, is, this, is this a problem? Why? Is this a problem only with the antibodies that you get from the shots, or with, could this also be a problem with antibodies that you get from the disease itself? And if you caught good it the question. second time, it's a good question, but it seems to be worse with the shots. And this is also because your immunity is not very robust with the shots. The immunity is only based on these stupid anti-spike antibodies that are very um, clumsy uh, and not really understanding what a true infection is. A real infection, the body is used to detecting that and has all the ways, the subtle ways of understanding that this is a danger and this is I should deal with very quickly with a very uh, strong um, production of uh, of interferon gamma to to pull out of the infection quickly, but uh, but you don't get that with these uh, this vaccine, especially when these uh, antibodies are waning. But like I told you, the people who get the shots they make less and less uh, of a cap- capacity to make the neutralizing antibodies when they get the virus, okay? So uh, they, they just don't get the right types of antibodies to fight the virus. And this is why we're concerned that over time, these people will be at high risk of getting quite sick uh, from new, uh, uh, new flages of, of the infection. And remember, uh, like we've said this whole time, uh, we have been studying uh, vaccines against coronaviruses for 30 years in the veterinary medicine, and no veterinary in their right mind would uh, give these vaccines to their mother uh, because they know that it doesn't work, and uh, the, it has been a flop. The 30 years of trying to develop vaccines against these coronaviruses has not worked, and it seems often that the uh, animals die uh, earlier if they've been vaccinated. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, we don't know what the future will bring, but we must be careful, and we must also have a placebo group. And if you have already... 70% 70% of your population that has gotten the shot and you're pushing to get the last 100% to get it, it looks to me as if you're wanting to cover up a crime. And that means that everybody has the same type of reaction. And you can't say that it came from the from the vaccine. But what we're seeing now is people who are getting quite sick if they catch the, vac- the, the virus after they've been vaccinated. And we must be very concerned about that. So how, how about the pushback that's been coming uh, and then the reaction? When, like the stuff you've just been saying now would get us banned immediately if, if I tried to put this up on YouTube and very possibly from social media as well. Uh, so why, why is this censorship so extreme uh, on this particular issue? You know why, Kevin? Because they've studied this. They're not at their first uh, bank robbery, okay? Uh, we, the, the 2009 uh, 
uh, H1N1 was a practice run, and they were tweaking the different ways that they needed to uh, influence uh, um, how to uh, run this type of a criminal operation. And uh, the one of the most important thing was to make sure that no doctors came out in the media and uh, started saying that uh, this was getting dangerous. And uh, they've taken that very seriously. And in, in our media, uh, I mean, in 2009, I was often on television and uh, 1.7% of the population was vaccinated. Well, now none of us doctors are on the television and 70% of the population is vaccinated. So they're, 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 they're quite effective indeed. Uh, they, they are doing this. But, but by, isn't that because they, they managed to create an effective disease? They're doing it through many, many different things. And they're even, they've even managed to put out kind of like, uh, um, instructions to, uh, to doctors to let them know that they will be, uh, severely punished if they do not participate in the propaganda of getting the whole population vaccinated. Vaccinated. It's not a vaccine. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, treated and, with experimental gene therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It's very, very, very concerning. And this is, this is an absolute, uh, uh, new situation in the history of medicine. Uh, but Kevin, let's look at it in a good way that uh, I think we will really see and understand what we do not want for the future, okay? And uh, either we see that or uh, we lose it, okay? This is a very important, uh, critical moment in history. And... Uh, um, if we want to be uh, in a uh, Orwellian society where uh, where Big Brother can turn off your every uh, right to to have some kind of uh, freedom of movement, uh, the, the, thanks to some kind of a QR code, then if you're going to choose that that world. Uh, I'm not in it, and I'm. It's certainly not a medical act, okay? Right. So, 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 so really, there, there, really Eric, there, sure there, that they're not part of that. Yeah. Right. You, you did. You've, you've made that point a few times. This isn't medical. It's, it's organized crime. But there's a lot of pushback, especially in Europe, where you are. Unfortunately, here in the U.S., we have uh, a weird kind of sort of pushback on social media with individual cases of a restaurant guy in Long Beach, California. Uh, you know, puts up a sign saying no vaccinated customers allowed <laughs> proof of non-vaccination required is kind of a joke, gets all kinds of publicity for it. And we have all kinds of these little things like that, but we don't have any major demonstrations of it. We, we had had some folks getting together in New York and in a couple of other cities, but in Europe, there've been huge demonstrations uh, and in Australia as well. And the Australian government went berserk um, yelling at the people who went to the demonstrations in Australia last week. Uh, so do you see some hope that these anti-lockdown protests and anti-vaccine passport protests that are uh, really coming out of Europe in a big way right now could spread to the world 
and help stop this unrolling Orwellian juggernaut? Yes, uh, Kevin, it will work. Uh, I cannot, uh, in my uh, wildest fantasy, imagine that the French will not uh, totally reject uh, this Orwellian uh, society that is being uh, that they're trying to force upon them. Okay, it has nothing to do with the uh, the French way of uh, living and understanding philosophy uh, ever. Okay, it has nothing to do with the the basic principles of being uh, a French citizen. So no, it will not work. Uh, and yes, people will on an individual level uh, choose what type of society they want to be a part of. And every one of our daily decisions we do, we we take a step in the direction of the society we want to be a part of. And uh, uh, no, no company that puts a sign that you need a pass to get inside is going to get any business, okay? Um, there's places uh, uh, like Ikea uh, where you're not allowed to pay with cash. Well, people don't go to Ikea. People who have a, a little bit of understanding that it is dangerous to lose cash as a uh, as a redundancy mechanism in our society, uh, they understand that we cannot tolerate that cash disappears. And uh, so we just don't give any, uh, any, uh, we'd never go in, into a shop that does not take cash. Uh, some people want to pay with a card, that's fine. But, uh, but you have to have a, a redundancy system. And otherwise, the, the, the small people in life uh, are completely pushed out. So, um, well, this pandemic, yeah. it seems to have been planned to shut down the small businesses and hand their market share over to the big businesses. And uh, some people do see that as part of the overall organized operation. I have operation. very, very, very good friends who have, uh, uh, who, who are just moving out their, their, the their the contents of their restaurants or or shops that they've been running for many 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 years and they've just lost everything and so and this is this is due to the incorrect measures that were taken uh, by our government and it will have a very long standing effect on our economy and it will have an effect on people's health because we will not have the type of economy uh, or be able to pay for the uh, good medical care that we used to be able to pay for because we will be uh, we our economy has been pushed into a, a type of uh, Cyprus situation where it's uh, it's we're going bankrupt. Huh? Right. It's and so so for for the uh, immediate future, do you, you you think that we'll have any luck actually identifying the perpetrators of this organized crime operation and kind of specifically targeting them and going after them? Because it seems that 
looking at in the past, whenever there's a state crime against democracy or a, a huge crime in, in which we can't really clearly pinpoint top perpetrators, it's much harder to get any kind of justice or even to you know, get any action. Uh, the case of you know, JFK assassination, we knew a whole yeah. lot of people who must have been involved, but we didn't really have it, have the specifics down enough. And when Jim Garrison tried to prosecute some people in New Orleans uh, several years later, they were able to kill his key witnesses and keep it hushed up because of their control of the media. Similar situation with 9-11, of course. And so right now, a lot of people are pointing fingers at Bill Gates and Tony Fauci, who I doubt are really the top-level perpetrators here. Um, how do we go about unmasking them and pointing the finger at the right people in such a way that something could be done about it? You know, um, one of the interesting um, things I learned uh, watching uh, the uh, depositions for um, – uh, the lawyer Fulmish, I forget his first name. Uh, Ray- Raynard or something? Rainer uh, yeah. Fulmish. Uh, uh, was it David Martin? Uh, uh, yes. Who was studying the, uh, the uh, patents for like 20 years back. And there's a pattern there, Kevin, that's very interesting to look at when we're looking at perpetrators. Uh, I would also say that we should look back at uh, 2009 and the players that were behind that and the current players. Uh, We should look at uh, the whole development of uh, these Moderna and Pfizer uh, systems. It seems that they they bought their bottles to vaccinate uh, 800 million people back in October uh 2019 so uh, it's uh, there's 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 different traces of uh, to start going after but um but uh, uh definitely we should uh, look at this uh, this makes me think of something uh when you talk about uh, uh Kennedy uh, the 911 commission the executive director to find out uh, who did it and why did they do it was, of course, um, Philip Zelikov. And uh, you heard that, that uh, he's been put in charge at some university to uh, find now uh, where did this virus come from and how did this all happen and put a new mythology on how this COVID-19 business came about. So he, he's still in the business of creating and maintaining public myths, which is how he described exactly. his specialty 20 years ago. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. And it, this is a really strong um, tying back to 9-11 because these are the criminals, um, uh, Kevin. The, the, these are, these are state like what did you say? Um, uh, uh, what is it? State crimes against the democracy, SCADs. Uh, Philip Zelikov is one of the actors of the SCAD of 9/11 for sure. Okay, and so that's a good place to start, and uh, to just start uh, looking around. Uh, who who is he protecting? And uh, look around at uh, how did they 
put in this, uh, uh, these censorship into all the medias. And I think actually that the medias themselves have been one of the main players in the covering up of 9-11, but also in the perpetration of a mass, uh, mass, uh, poisoning, uh, of this new, uh, experimental product that has been pushed on an unwitting population. Uh, so, and it has not been pushed in a medical way. It has been pushed so that you can, uh, get access to the cinema. You can get access to travel. You can, you, like I told you, people are not at all taking these shots for their health. They're taking it to be able to be allowed to travel. This is extortion of consent to take an experimental shot that you do not know if it's good or bad for you. Okay, this is very serious business, and it is, of course, criminal. And if we look at Zelikow's background, he is, of course, as we mentioned, an, a self-described expert in the creation and maintenance of public myths, uh, such as the public myth of Pearl Harbor, which, uh, according to which, it was a dastardly Japanese surprise attack that the Americans didn't know was coming, and then that public myth shaped the entire post-war world by changing the United States from an isolationist republic to a world-straddling empire. So that's his interest. He's interested in geopolitics. And with 9-11, uh, he, you know, he was part of the Bush administration. He wrote a book with Condi Rice, and he was on that commission that created the whole Bush doctrine, uh, post-9-11 foreign policy. So that was all about geopolitics. And if we take that hypothesis... He was also... That, yeah. Yeah, maybe COVID is about geopolitics too. I mean, that's, I think this is what a lot of people have missed is that we we would expect that the Western bankster oligarchy would wage preemptive war to prevent the rise of China and to slap down Russia and Iran and and this rising independent Eurasian uh, federation. And given that, uh, they can't wage World War III with an undisciplined population with a free internet and so on. So we would expect that whatever public myth Zelico is working on would be related to the need to uh, herd the Western sheeple uh, behind their fearless leaders as they march off to World War III, primarily against China. And we would also expect, based on the stuff I've seen about biological warfare, that we would be seeing endemic biological warfare in which the side that develops the um, the pathogen also develops the vaccine for its own population and unleashes stuff that it thinks it can protect its own people against. Uh, and it thinks the other side will be slower to be able to protect its own people. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what you think this, the geopolitical ramifications of this might be, if any. Huh. It's a big question. Uh... Kevin, um, it's a very big question. Uh, it looks to me that um, it's true that they they are they seem to be working to have a more docile public that will march on orders and that will not question. And they're they, they, it's becoming. Uh, very, very uh, concerning how uh, people are not allowed to 
speak out and doctors are not allowed to speak out about their concerns and uh, if uh, citizens are not allowed to it's it's a little bit like with 911 you you started accepting that you're not allowed to bring a bottle of water on the airplanes okay but now this has gone a little bit further and you're not allowed to go to take a, a beer at a cafe if you don't have your covid pass that's linked to your health status uh and uh, uh you can prove that you're not going to uh, make anybody sick in uh, in this uh, uh, this place and if you don't do that then the cafe holder will get uh, 55,000 fine for not checking your covid pass uh this is this is getting very very serious and it has nothing to do with health it has everything to do with control and uh, um a very authoritarian society that doctors should not touch we should not be doing uh covid tests on people who are asymptomatic and we should not certainly not be vaccinating or telling people to go off and do an experimental vaccination in this type of an environment that we now understand is criminal if you don't understand that this is criminal you need a little bit more basic education and you need to restudy uh the hippocratic oath if you're a doctor so do you see see a, we only have a couple of minutes left so for maybe our, our last uh, topic um do you, do you think we're seeing polarization now, uh, whether it's deliberate or not, between the sheeple who are being herded as never before into and, this you know, single narrative the, uh, versus the people outside the narrative who are quite uh, strong and in some cases rather shrill and outlandish in, in their responses? That is, the, so this, this divide between the worldviews of the people who accept the mainstream propaganda and the people who don't, I think has never been greater. Where do you see that going? Definitely, uh, Kevin, I have strong hopes that we get back to a much better society and a society much better than we've had the last 20 years where, uh, where truth has been hidden by our media. Okay, and by our universities. And I'm hoping that we're getting towards uh, a, a, a paradigm where we, as doctors, really fight for people's health and not for big companies' profits. Okay, that's a great place to leave it. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Eric Beef. Uh, good luck. God bless. Uh, stay strong. Uh, don't let them intimidate you. And uh, look forward to talking again for another update. And hopefully we'll have more positive news to talk about next time. I definitely think we'll have more positive news. Okay. Okay. Take care, Eric. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.